Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Bestseller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We're here with Colin Shaw. He's the author of The Intuitive Customer, Seven Imperatives for Moving Your Customer Experience to the Next Level. It's great to have you with us, Colin. Yeah, it's great to be here. Looking forward to it. So we should say this is your sixth book. Congratulations. That's pretty incredible. Thank you very much. In and of itself is a feat. So why this book? Why this topic? Tell us about the genesis. The whole bit about customer experience and organizations wanting to improve their customer experience has been... Uh, around now for some 15 years when we look back to my first book but what a lot of organizations have started to do is they recognize that their customer experience is is plateauing Mm. Um, and therefore they're struggling on how to get their experience to that next level so the books around how you can actually adopt some new thinking to bring it to the next level of um, understanding why do you think that customer experience is plateauing I think it's just because people don't understand customers. Uh, so here's a huge shock for you. Okay, uh, I'm ready. <laughs> uh, customers are people. And therefore, you know, too many organizations don't recognize that their customers are people. Uh, and therefore, what you have to do is you have to understand those, uh, the individual and how they tick and how they make decisions uh, about things to be able to truly build a great customer experience. So that said, what's the mistake then they've been making? If they're not thinking of, of them as people, as human sure. beings, what are they thinking of them as? Sure. So a few things. Um, first of all, uh, organizations tend to think customers as being logical animals, and they're not. Customers are irrational. Okay. People are irrational. Uh-huh. We do irrational things. Um, you go into a, an elevator and you press the button 72 times to call the elevator, but you know it won't come any faster. Right. It's uh, irrational. It's human nature, right? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, and I guess it's that human nature part. So what organizations do that is a mistake is they focus just on the rational part. So they think that people just buy on price. People mm. don't just buy on price. Um, the other rational things are things like delivery, how quickly you answer the telephone those types of things. So there's an over-focus on those rational parts of the experience. Colin, I was struck by the title, The Intuitive Customer. That's very specific. Tell us about that. So the intuitive customer is trying to indicate that what you need to have is a customer who buys your product intuitively. In other words, they don't think about it, they Mm. do it automatically. And that's what clearly all organizations are looking to try to get, is they're getting people who want to buy their product intuitively, automatically, without having to think about it. You can create uh, a, an intuitive customer, so to speak? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure there are things that you buy, if you thought about it, you buy intuitively. Uh, when I go to pay for something, I intuitively bring out my Amex card. Mm-hmm. I don't have to think about which card I'm going to use. If I fly, I tend to fly Delta. Um, so I'm, I'm making all those types of decisions intuitively. But within the book, are you saying that as an organization, as a product, there are things I can do to make you make an intuitive decision that you haven't been making up to this point? So absolutely. There are lots and lots of things that you can do to appeal to the intuitive customer. So if you think about the way that brain functions, we have the intuitive system and the rational system. The rational system is how people think about things. That's what you call really sort of thought. 
intuitively is that you just buy something automatically. So there are absolutely things that you can do to make sure that uh, your customers buy things intuitively. Is that what you mean by the two ways of thinking? Yeah, absolutely. You need to recognize that sometimes those systems can be in conflict with each other. So my intuitive system may turn around and say, hey, I really want to go on this vacation. And your rational system may say, oh, no, I'm not sure if we've got enough money for that and so on and so forth. So there can be a conflict there. But obviously what you want your customers to do is to buy things from you intuitively to make it automatic. And do you think that's an easy thing to do? It's not easy uh, because that's why lots of organizations don't do it. Right. Uh, What it takes is a different level of understanding. It takes understanding how customers behave. Uh, and that then dives into the whole area of this sort of behavioural economics and understanding how people behave and the effect upon money. Right. So you took the words out of my mouth. I was just going to ask you about behavioural economics. And is that the biggest mistake companies are making? They're not focusing on, on the brain and, and sort of this whole idea of behavioural economics? Yeah. So the biggest mistake they're making is they're just assuming that customers buy rationally. And we don't. What we do is we buy... Uh, emotionally and then we justify with logic okay Mm -hmm. so consequently there's too much of a focus on the rational side and not enough understanding of uh, the emotional subconscious and what we would call psychological aspects that all comes under this heading of behavioral economics so behavioral economics sounds very grand but it's how do you behave and the effect upon money Uh, so what we need to understand is why are you doing things as a customer, Uh and how does that then affect your purchasing decisions? What's this transaction like when you delve into behavioral economics? So when you start to look at it, what you need to understand is how customers are feeling. So not many organizations really think about the emotions they want to evoke in their customers. Mm. And therefore, what you should be looking at is designing your customer experience to evoke a specific emotion. And that emotion should drive value for you. Sure. So in other words, you should get a return on it. Yeah. The second area is looking at what we would call the subconscious experience. So when you look at the subconscious experience, those are the things, the messages that organizations are giving you without really thinking they're giving you. So for instance, you may be online at a call center and the message says your call's important to us. Uh, however, you're on the line for 30 minutes, which tells you it's not important here. Happened to it's me yesterday. Inter- <laughs> there you go. Um, so that's a sort of subconscious message. And lastly, the psychological message or the psychological experience is understanding why people do things. And that sort of then ties into the seven the imperatives. The seven imperatives. So when you say behavioral economics meets the customer experience, it's taking the rational, the emotional, the subconscious, and the psychological putting that all together and applying it to the customer experience. Absolutely, because effectively that's what a human being is. So effectively we're just saying, look, when you're looking at a customer, you have to understand they're a person and therefore you have to look at all of these things. Uh, And therefore uh, the big mistake that organizations make is they only look at it from a rational perspective, from a logical price perspective. Um, product perspective. They don't look at uh, subconscious and psychological side. So you you mentioned the emotional side. I'm curious how that breaks up, Colin, between, or divides rather, between men and women. Sure. Because they always say we hear that women inherently are more emotional. So when it comes to purchasing, are men as emotional as women, would you say? 
now actually referring to our third book, which was the <laughs> DNA of customer experience. And what we discovered is that, yes, men are, you know, make just as many emotional decisions. They are just good at hiding them um, so, <laughs> and, and fooling themselves that they're not buying things based upon uh, some emotions. So the key aspect becomes which emotions does the organization want to evoke in their customers? Right. Okay. Uh, and you need to make sure that those emotions drive value for the organization. In other words, they get some return. Uh, I'm sure most of your listeners will not know what emotions they're trying to evoke in their customers. Uh, but that's a critical question that they need to be able to answer. How do you answer that? You have to do customer research. Um, so you have to actually go out and start talking to customers about their emotions and you how they feel. You actually have feeling. to talk to your customers? Well, <laughs> huge shock. And that's right. part of the other problem of, of everything plateauing is people get too far away from things. So absolutely, you have to ask your customers how they feel. Do they trust you? Do they feel cared for? Do you feel... Um, valued as a customer uh, because clearly when you're designing your experience you can design your experience to evoke those emotions. So Colin can you give us some real-life examples that have done exactly that? Sure. That have sort of executed this idea. To sure. So one good case study is um, uh, Maersk Line. Uh, Maersk Line are the largest container shipping company in the world. Uh, and they implemented a program like this. It was independently vetted by Forrester. And they managed to improve their net promoter score by 40 points in 30 months. What's a net promoter score? Net promoter is the way you look at customer satisfaction. Okay, so um, it, it asks the questions, what's your likelihood to recommend Maersk Line to a friend or a colleague? Okay. And so they managed to improve their net promoter score by 40 points in 30 months. Wow. That gave them a 10% increase in shipping volumes. So a lot of this is not looking at the what, it's looking at the how. So you're doing the same things, so you're, you're still talking to customers over the phone or on the web or whatever, mm -hmm. but you're designing your experience to evoke these emotions within customers, to make them feel cared for or trusted or valued or whichever uh, emotions that are right for your organization. So that's what the example you just gave, Merkvine, that's what they did? Absolutely. So they did a big program with us where we started off with some customer research to find out what their customers and the level of emotional engagement with their customers today, which emotions drove value, then they created the strategy, uh, and then we redesigned lots of experiences to evoke those emotions, put in place new measurement, lots hmm. of other things. So it's, it's not simple. Right. Um, no, easier said than done, right? You make it sound very absolutely. easy. Right? But it shows that it's, um, it actually works. And we refer to a number of the case studies in, in the book. Yeah, I know. It absolutely works. Tell us a little bit about your background that sort of makes you an expert on sort of customer service and tapping sure. into, you know, internally into the customer. Sure. So my background is I used to work for British Telecom. Um, and um, I used to run customer service for British Telecom, so I used to have 3,500 people working for me. Um, and my boss gave me a challenge one day, which was to improve the customer experience, but do it at least cost, which is always the challenge they throw in at the end. <laughs> well, did he say, ready, go? Go, absolutely. <laughs> and ever since that day, I've sort of thought of nothing else. What is a customer experience? Um, so if you think about the word experience, you know, just thinking about... Uh, a customer's experience. What we discover is you don't choose between experiences, 
you choose between the memory of experiences. So you're having an experience today, but to become a loyal customer, by definition, it means you must re have remembered your past experience. Okay? True. So the key issue becomes, and this is number seven on the, on the mm -hmm. seven imperatives, loyalty is a function of, of your memory. memory huh. okay? Subconscious memory? Yeah, well, yes, your, me your memory. I mean, if I said to you, tell me what it was like when you got married or when you had a kid or when there was a death in the family or whatever mm -hmm. it may be, right. it, those memories have an emotional attachment. Okay? Right. So again, understanding the customer, you now start to go, okay, how do we create a memory? Uh, and what all the psychologists right. will tell you is that um, uh, there's what they call the peak end rule, which basically means that what people remember in an experience is they remember the peak emotion that they felt and they remember the end emotion that they felt. Uh, and that makes sense. those two things form a memory. So now we take a step back and we, we talk about, so how do you design your experience? Well, clearly what you want to do is design your experience that has a positive peak, because the peak could be a negative peak, and you'd need to design your experience that has a positive ending, so a positive emotion, and ideally those emotions are emotions that drive value, right. give some form of return. So again, by definition, you have to understand them. So you need to design it into your experience to make that experience what we would call deliberate. So you do it on purpose. What I find interesting, Colin, is that in the day and age we live in, the digital age we live in, you'd think that this um, tapping into this emotional aspect sure. of human beings would just be like clockwork, you know, without sure. even thinking about it. It's a must, but sure. you, you say not, not the case. If I said to you, think of the best experience that you've had or the worst experience you've had, you'd be able to come up with far more bad experiences than you would good. Okay, Probably, um, yeah. so that really shows that organizations really don't think of this, which is where yeah. it goes, you need to move it onto the next level, you need new thinking to move it onto the next level, and that's what we're, we're yeah. giving in the book. It's absolutely terrific. There's seven imperatives. We've touched upon only a few, so you have to read the book to, uh, to get the rest. But I love, too, on the cover, you have the brain and you have these little uh, symbols for the seven imperatives. But it's really good stuff, and you've experienced it, and you can tell. You, know, you, show, you show how it works, so it's, uh, it's really terrific. And I love the title, so congratulations. Good. Thank you very much. Thanks Great. for being here. If you'd like more information on the book, all you have to do is go to our website, csweetbookclub.com. That's c-sweetbookclub.com. I'm Taryn Winter. Brill. We'll see you next time right here on Bestseller TV. Like what you just heard, visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.